Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Paul, yeah? Fuck off, you're not getting paid this week. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! Kevin Gilbert, he's ready! Oh, hell yeah! It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. Welcome to the Colts Harley Classic Nitro Review. That's going to become more and more less intelligible. <laughs> more and more less intelligible as we go through. Welcome in. It's the Colts Harley Classic Nitro Review. Uh, it's Sam Campbell. There is WCW boy Sam Driver there. Hello. Proper Dubsy Dub boy. Just get wheeled out every now and then when we've got to talk about Glacier. <laughs> It's nice to be back with you. We've had we've had ridiculously busy oh, weeks, so we don't haven't even, had time to sit down and do these. Don't even. I'm just. <laughs> don't even go there, girlfriend. I think that's what the kids on, say. Just on, on top of everything, it's like, oh, these tripods all have the wrong plates, and some of them are jammed. Yeah. <laughs> now I've got to go around with a rogue tripod plate, tried it in everything, and then when I find the one it fits in, where does the other one go? Rogue tripod plate was my yeah. favorite Star Wars film. <laughs> my favorite Star Wars game, rather. But look, take a break from tripod-based trepidation. Oh, and go back to the wonderful year of 1995. Yeah. For some, for some, I don't know what the fuck this episode is. <laughs> 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 we are six nitros deep as of this one, and uh, we are chronologically critiquing... Thank you, OSW Review. Pointed to the heavens like you've died. <laughs> uh, every episode of Night Show, and we're doing it in beautiful synchronicity with every episode of Monday Night Raw with Jackkins on the other podcast, which yeah. you've you listened to now. But we, we might have fallen behind, but I don't think we have. And if we haven't, we're doing two today. Like we'll, we're recording we'll all two. be caught so up in we'll, due time. We'll, if we end up a week out, we'll work it. We'll make it work. Hey, look, it's free. Shut up. Don't but first, winch. Tom, the man <laughs> becomes the monster. The monster becomes the man. You see this advert like nine times in this 44 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so we will drop it in periodically throughout in case you've forgotten what the main event of Halloween Havoc is on the horizon. Uh, we're going to go back to October the 9th, 1995 for Monday Nitro. So uh, a few notes for what's going on at the moment. At uh, the box office, by the way, still number one in the UK is Apollo 13. Nice, banging movie. At uh, the number one in the US box office, it's seven. What's in the box? What's in the box? Spoiler, your wife's head. If you haven't seen it by now, that's on you. Yeah. Uh, this week on <laughs> telly, BBC Two launches The Learning Zone. Right. Do you remember The Learning Zone? Was this the website? No. No, I remember a website it, being I think, I think the website the begat zone. it. Yeah. I think I don't so much remember any of that because I was all about Power Rangers, man. 
Oh. Educational TV sucked ass compared to Power Rangers. But this is what I mean, Magic School Bus was cool, but fucking Power Rangers, man. But BBC Two, I mean Power Rangers. <laughs> I mean, funny enough, we we will talk a bit of Power Rangers, I believe, in this episode because there's a strong influence of Power Rangers on this. Just episode. a little bit, yeah. But the Learning Zone, for those who don't remember, was educational service they showed on BBC Two overnight. So if you were doing your Sats or your GCSEs, you could record on a long play videotape overnight, oh. and it would just be like a PowerPoint presentation about a bunch of different things. See, I remember, I remember. Uh, when channels used to have off switches and yeah. they, it would go over you, ITV would just be like some gent oh it was BBC 2 right it was like smooth jazz music coming up at 6am is this Aww. and then a shot of some rolling hills and it was like do 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 coming up at 7 o'clock is this and it would make that last like 5 hours but I'm old enough to remember when that was teletext, though. <laughs> oh yeah, but it was it was CFAX for a long time, wasn't uh, it? And then and then you had uh, then eventually it went over onto those the flat kind of shots of hold cards. Yeah, <laughs> I, I miss the, the the sheer the sheer passion that went into building teletext. Teletext is I I, I just it's impossible to explain unless you grew up with it. I mm. find. Like, you kind of like, oh, so you know how you got the red button? Yeah, well, it's nothing like that, but it's kind of like that. Mm. And then how do you, it's all in 8-bit. And often it was all just randomly decoding itself and going mental. <laughs> but they had Bamboozle on Channel 4's one. Ah. And whatever that comic strip was about the alien. I remember there was a comic strip about a worm called Turner the Worm. Turner the Worm, yes. That was, that was many happy to, years spent on like, teletext. Teletext was just mental. Like I, I, <laughs> I used to get really annoyed because it would always be while I was watching something, my dad would come in and check scores. And it was like, yeah. <laughs> Trying to get me, I'm trying to beat Bamba it's Boozler. Like, it's like I can still hear it. I can, I can still, I can still hear the episode, but I can't see. <laughs> I can hear that they're kicking the fucking shit out of Rita Repulsa's <laughs> minions, but I can't see. And so, as a child, it's just you know, I want to see Rita Repulsa's putties get the shit kicked out of them. <laughs> There's a lot of love for Power Rangers today. I'm a big fan. <laughs> In the video game world, WWF WrestleMania Challenge being rolled out to the arcades. So. <laughs> Good luck with that one, boys. <laughs> it's going to fucking crash. And then on top of that, you know, give it about, what, 25 years and you have another one that, that crashes. <laughs> <laughs> very, very graphically inspired by Midway's Mortal Kombat, which is very yeah. much the zeitgeist you know, at the moment for, as well. For a, for a pretty naff, reskin Mortal Kombat style game, it, is actually quite playable. It is actually quite fun, but largely it is a shit fest. <laughs> it's I don't know, like I've got I've got a soft spot for a few wrestling games. One of them being Warzone because that was my first wrestling game, and it handles like pudding. It handles <laughs> like you've sellotaped two fucking like mops, and I'm not just talking mop heads, like the full mop, right <laughs> up your forearm is just duct taped, and at the end is the, the mop head. Right? Four feet in front of you. And you have a control. That's how Warzone handles. <laughs> You're trying to reach around to get the fucking trigger buttons that do nothing. Because, you know, it was 1996. <laughs> Funny enough, the characters stood like that as well. When they need to make their entrance. 
I'll stand on the I'll smack that stack of dimes you call a neck. Steve Austin. And then you just have Vince if you don't if you don't control any of the characters and let them stand there, he's like, I'm going home. This is boring. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. it. <gasps> I forgot that part. That's amazing news. Uh, so a little bit of the real world for you then. Uh, ratings from last week's Nitro, uh, the first Nitro of October. Raw got 2.5. Nitro, 2.5. Nice. Dead neck and neck. neck and or neck. Uh, WWF, according to The Observer, can claim wins every week. Because if you add all the numbers up of replays and stuff, and that Thursday night replay, uh, they'll always do better than WCW. More eyes have seen it, but maybe not at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like our plus threes and plus sevens in the modern age. Also, as a, as a, a bit of a differential, WF is, isn't, is still using its Monday night show as a means to an end, i.e. it's using the Monday night show to sell the pay-per-views, whereas yeah. Nitro is basically selling big free matches on television. Yeah, because they've got Saturday night where they just kind of go, oh, there's your bump. Yes. So... So Saturday night is more like Raw is now, whereas yeah. Nitro is very much almost like little. But the scale, of the scale is already massively shifting. Like mm. I, you know, Nitro just feels bigger. It feels better. And it, it's eventually going to take over. WWF uh, threw a little shot across the bow of WCW last week on Nitro because they put out an advert <laughs> during Nitro plugging the Madison Square Garden house show that weekend, saying the MSG house show will have action too hot for television. Cheeky buggers. It's Come so- on, guys. You like wrestling? Come on. Come back. Come on. Come, Come back. back. We got Duke Trozzi. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Vader? I hear you ask. Not a Duke Trozzi. Uh, despite rumours to the contrary, says David Meltzer of The Observer, WCW has not released Leon White from his contract. He is, at this point, still suspended without pay. Why Why didn't they? Why didn't they? If they had somebody like that, if they had like a Vader and they were going to run a show like that, not that they could have had a Vader, obviously, after what you've just said. But if they mm. did, why wouldn't they just do a vignette that looks like it's part of WCW's program? That's got a shot of the, the star. And it's like, oh, I've not seen them in ages. And he's just rattling off opponents he's beat. And then it's like, but now I've got somewhere else to be. And you just flash up the fucking logo and the date. People would be like, whoa! Instead, it's, come on, guys. They'll be hot dogs. <laughs> Maybe a tip. <laughs> We said too hot for TV. <laughs> We're not going to tell you whose it is. It cuts backstage. The camera pulls out too quickly. It's just Pat Patterson holding his... <laughs> like this. <laughs> it's just a super close shot of a nip. And he pulls out. He's like, get in! He's <laughs> trying to block his face get off the in camera. Get in there, Mr. Mike Mayan. <laughs> Um, there are a lot of games being played right now between WCW and Vader. His tits are not out for this bit. It appears WCW wants to either eventually bring him back, but not right now, or simply just keep him from going to the WWF. Because that is a very real concern for Bischoff and team at the moment. That if they let Vader go, Vince is going to go, here's some money, get on over here. Just treat him properly. Mm. I, you know, Vader, Vader, by all accounts, seems to have been, you know, a, quite a demanding figure after he went and established dominance over the, the, you know, the Japanese wrestling world, came back, had a hell of a run. But it's it sort of, we're in that awkward phase, aren't we, where it's kind of been like, whoa, okay, and, uh, and then he ends up back at the Fed, and then that doesn't quite work out for him. You mentioned WCW Saturday Night a minute ago, and I feel like if we want a pure wrestling show, Saturday Night might be the place for us to be. Yeah, it's kind of just like, here's some matches and some interview and some matches and some interview and just cram it all in. 
Bumpf, bumpf, bumpf. And that's the theme tune from Saturday night, <laughs> if you don't remember. Uh, because this past Saturday... It's staying alive. It doesn't even fit. <laughs> the first Guerrero-Malenko match aired on Saturday night on this past Saturday. A four-star match, according to Dave Meltzer, on free television. Nice. Uh, the announcing largely killed it, although Tony Schiavone called a frog splash a jackknife once again and called the gory special a torture rack. He's a bit confused. Um, the difference. learning, bless him. He's getting his head around these newfangled <laughs> moves. Um, the difference between ECW and WCW is this, because a lot of there's a lot of comparisons. Shit, they aren't of, the same? I know, right? Oh, fuck, I thought they were the same. <laughs> All this time I was just stood there cheering for Heyman. But, <laughs> but this is it, because like you had Guerrero and Malenko doing their thing on in ECW. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and so that's why this is quite cool, because she's like, oh, this is ECW boys heading over to WCW. And uh, and Meltzer gets a bit editorial here, saying in ECW, Paul Heyman's idea was to use Guerrero and Malenko as a modern-day Jack Briscoe and Dory Funk. Mm-hmm. Now, he obviously didn't uh, quite get them to that level. In WCW, there are, uh, they're booking them as a modern-day version of Les Thornton and Tony Charles, according to Meltzer, who were good technical wrestlers from England who worked opening and second matches, even to the point where Malenko has been given the old Les Thornton nickname of a man of a thousand holds. Nice. So that's the origin of Malenko's name. It's from I Les was, Thornton. I was kind of hoping that that was going to be one of Dave's really blunt editorials where it's like, now the difference between WCW and ECW is that ECW is in Philadelphia. It's actually an operation <laughs> owned by, and he just completely just takes it at face value. And he's like, and now WCW, well, that started all the way back in the NWA. And this this little aside is like seven pages of the observer. <laughs> my my favorite Meltzer is Meltzer taking Turner. things on face value. Yeah. Well, uh, you can't kill two birds with one stone. Uh, I guess you unless, could. Unless you could if you launched it together. fucking hard enough. What's a, what's a bullet if not a stone? I guess if the stone's big enough. I mean, you could. No, Dave, we don't literally mean kill. It's like you telling uh, me if you had two pigeons lined up at a 50 cal stone. Right? <laughs> Depends how fast and the pigeons And you were firing are. that 50 cal stone. Are you throwing it as fast as it would fire out of a gun? And they were just sat <laughs> chilling next to each other, closer than me and Tom are now. You're telling me that that 50 cal wouldn't just, one, turn them into vapour, but two, kill both of them. What device would shoot a 50 cal stone that quickly, though? Because pigeons can go. I don't know. If you, just shape it into, if you just shape it into the shape of a bullet, is that not how it works? Can I not just get, just like, bullet em. some baked beans and just cut through the air at the end of a gun? Well, there's some homework for you. Try killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> and then some beans. And then some beans. <laughs> Let Dave Meltzer know how it goes. We do not. Uh, we do not advocate the. Uh, we do. Hundred percent. The... <laughs> we do. Um, Tom's just like fuck them. Fuck birds. Fuck birds. Hate them. <laughs> Hate them. They, they do you know shit what? on you. They, they are shit on your me. car and they fucking fly around and just flapping and cooing at me. Who the fuck are you? Just the one that you're the, the nicest man in the world, but you just fucking hate birds. I, do you know what? You're not far from how I, I feel about birds gimmick. at the moment. Because they are eating me out of house and home at the moment, birds, right? Because I bought a bird feeder for the balcony. Uh, because Pablo loves a bit of cat TV live. So we yeah. have that all day. And he's just, just, he chattered for the first time the other day. It was adorable. You know how cats do that yeah, yeah. thing to pretend they're birds? I'd never heard him do it before. And he's like, <laughs> oh, he's trying to he's like, hey, birds, I'm really a bird. Not hey, really. Come I'm down here. You. We're going to fuck you up. <laughs> We're going to fuck you up, bitches. <laughs> if this door wasn't in the way. Um, but like, I swear to God, I've refilled the bird feeder three times since Thursday. Yeah, we have got some fat fucking birds in our area. <laughs> you've got you've got the river nearby though, don't you? So you got you're gonna have a lot of greedy birds coming across the river. You might have like kitty That's wakes true. and stuff coming up to have a bit of a sneak. 
I'm really excited in about a month's time to have some blue tits flying that are just obese. Just, <laughs> just hum, struggling to hum, stay afloat. Hum. <laughs> deserve it. Uh, one final minor note here of no uh, significance or consequence. Former WCW employees flying to Connecticut on this night ahead of meeting with WWF officials tomorrow. No significance or... Uh, no, I wouldn't worry about it. I don't even know why I wrote it down. Pointless, mate. Pointless bit. Let's go to Nitro. After a recap of the Tash Shaving Horror, we got a ringside Bischoff can, Mongo. Can, can, and... can we just really quickly look at how the mustache was shaved? As Ooh, I kind of yeah, glazed over that. Um, do you not notice that Kevin Sullivan just leaves Hogan as Hulk Hitler for a little bit? <laughs> just a, just there's a, a clear just a like tiny there's a, long a clear time. three four seconds of Hogan just lying there with a Hitler tash while well while Sullivan's hand is like lower in shot, so he doesn't. It's just Hogan lying there with a Hitler tash going. <laughs> is that Sullivan just having a little <laughs> screw you Hogan <laughs> I'll play ball let's show the people who you really are <laughs> look at you you Hitler <laughs> you can hear him say it in the background you hear Mean Gene go it's a Hitler with a cane <laughs> Uh, after um, <laughs> after Hulk Hogan's brief dalliance with the Nazi party, uh, we go to ringside where Bishop. I wouldn't say brief. He kind of heads back there in 2014. <laughs> oh, Christ, he does. He didn't burn his membership card. <laughs> Bishop no, Bongo. That was, that was his washing machine warranty. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys, I'm getting out of it now. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Why does I say Electrolux on it? <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's just mine socks. Um, <laughs> Bishop Mongo and the Brain. <laughs> Cancelled. Are in Chicago Bears tops. Mongo was part of the Super Bowl winning team yes. 10 years ago. Very, very famous Chicago Bears Super Bowl winning team. Uh, just go back, have a look. I mean, there's a whole mm. song. There's the Super Bowl shuffle. There's there's a lot oh, of stuff that yes. goes into the Chicago Bears 1985 win. But I'm a Packers fan, so fuck the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you become a Packers fan? Uh, everybody's like, oh, it's glory chasing. No, I've got a I've got a family. Uh, I've got family members in. I've got a family. Uh, I've got family <laughs> got members family. in Wisconsin. Ah. So I grew up uh, like growing up. Whenever we get American football shirts, it'd be like, "Oh, here's a Brett Favre jersey," and it's like, "Yeah, cheers." Ah, so, so, have you been over? How many Packers games have you managed to see? Managed zero. To see any? Ah, oh, what a shame. I, I, you know, I, I really want to get out to uh, to Lambo, go actually watch a game, mm. but it, it's just going to be one of those bucket list things. I'll go do it at some point. I went to like the London game, and it was interesting, and it was like fun, but. I don't know. The atmosphere just wasn't all there. It's almost like a bit of an ex- it's an exhibition. When day, you look around, really, really. you know, a lot of people are there of, just you for look the around, you just see a sea of shirts, and it's nice and everything. But it's like I want vitriol. Mm. I want anger. I want team versus team. I don't want ah. Oh. It's a bit like watching like ice, like, and then like you get, Disney on ice. You in get it, but people with football. Who, who don't realize like oh, you know, fuck, it's four hours long. It's like <laughs> oh, just prep for it, man. Look it up. <laughs> Before you buy a ticket. <laughs> I saw people going to that game. I just thought you have no interest in in, in English football, it's let alone American football. Curiosity, though, gets yeah. like gets a lot of people in. Like, How many times do you get to go see an NFL game, right? Mm-hmm. That's so. true. It's true. That's what brought people there. Um, mentioning Mongo, did I ever tell you um, the one, one of the big things that myself and Justin Henry from Off of America have disagreed with over the years right. is that like I don't think Lawrence Taylor should have headlined against Bam Bam Bigelow at WrestleMania 2. 
I think it should have been Mongo. Because Mongo was part of like the all-pro team that led Lawrence Taylor to the ring. He was involved in storylines with Karma in the weeks before it. He showed far more acumen but, for wrestling than Lawrence but, Taylor did. But LT was a much bigger deal. But don't care. Mongo would have got a better like match. You, it's, it's like you going, well, this whole Tyson Fury thing, you know who I think really should have fought The Undertaker or whoever <laughs> the fuck he fought? Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Who should have fought Braun Strowman? Should have been his trainer. <laughs> yeah, he, he, just, he just he just got it. Just, <laughs> it's like fuck that. It's money. Like if you if you have the biggest name, you put the biggest name in there. Fine. See, you're you're on the side of Justin. Just makes sense. Fine. You wouldn't build book something so expensive to have such a minuscule payoff. Mongo was a star. <laughs> I mean, fuck. You could have LT out there for what twenty seconds, getting someone in the ring. Yeah, yeah. You could do that and then have to pay him less. But I guarantee you, his night rate don't change. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, it's probably the same amount of money to get him to wrestle as it would have been to have him just walk out and go. There you go, Mongo. Nah, fine. <laughs> Uh, as they're chatting away about superb owls and such, the intro yes. is interrupted by US champion Sting. He promises Woo. to solve the problem yeah. between Randy Savage and Lex Luger tonight. And he's immediately in action defending his US championship against John Tenter, a.k.a. The Shark. There it is on the Patreon. You can see the shark motion. <laughs> Oh, or is it Sam having it. a tug? I, I, I can't, You'll know on the Patreon. I, I can't wait till he drops this shark gimmick. I swear <laughs> to God. I, I love John Tenter so much, but the shark sucks, man. The shark sucks. It's just, oh, my. You have a, an ex-sumo wrestler, the size of that guy, the acumen of that guy, the business experience of that guy. You make him the fucking shark. Yeah. Okay. This he looks like an action man accessory. <laughs> He does. He looks like an action with, man villain. Well, like, your action. Like, fuck, we got to season season two of Marty Morphin Power Rangers. Like, fuck, how are we going to do season two? We're going to have to recycle so much footage. <laughs> they go year by year in Japan. <laughs> I know. Uh, fuck it. We'll just, we'll take that shot. Uh, we'll, we'll take out that guy and we'll just cut in our own footage. Right. Who have we got? They don't have any money. It, the, the shark is what you'd expect out of like Saban going, bollocks, we need to quickly get a bad guy. <laughs> Let's just make him a huge bloke with shark teeth painted on his face between his beard as well. <laughs> That's the bit that gets me is these tiny little bits here, these tiny little teeth. The oh attention to detail God. really is. He was fucking earthquake. <laughs> this this is John Tenter's second gimmick since joining WCW the year before. He came in as Avalanche, which certainly had more promise, but oh, WWF threatened to sue them yeah, as yeah. it was too similar. Uh -huh. Uh, so he was taken off screen and returned as part of the Dungeon of Doom as the shark. John Tenter believed this could be the beginning of something long term. He even changed the tattoo on his arm yep. of an LSU tiger to that of a shark. Yep. It took 24 hours to get that tattoo changed. Yeah. And here we are. I, you the know, shark is here. Say what you will, but John Tenter as the shark at least gave it his all. He gave it chops, that's, pun that's intended. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yeah, like I love Tenter. I love Tenter to pieces, so it was nice seeing this as an opener. Very fast opener, though. Mm -hmm. Very fast opener. Sting out next. Um, I didn't really... Now, I know, do you know how we talked about the lyrics of American Males yeah. recently? Have you ever heard all the lyrics of, of the man called Sting? No. Well, I would wow. have heard them, but I'd never have deciphered them because fuck knows how Jimmy Hart says some words. It is an incredible, 
Incredible! This it, like we've gone deep into the uh, into into the into the tide here. Is it this. like is it is it Jimmy Hart? You know, the pitch that only a dog can hear. Type yes. singing. Yes, as yeah. we know, because we know the bits that we know. The man called Sting. He's a man called Sting. He's a man called Sting. The man called Sting. He does this. He does that. He's as big as a bull and quick as a cat. He looks fine. He looks, <laughs> he looks, how's he looks he look fine. fine. <laughs> he looks cool. He's his own man and he's nobody's fool. Don't double cross him or get in his way because if you do, you're going to have to pay the man called Sting, the man called Sting. He's a man called Sting, the man called Sting. There is a second verse. I don't give a shit when anybody says the 90s was the greatest generation. Hit me with the second verse. He's not like anybody else. If his friends ever need him, he's there to help. All the kids, they go wild. And all old people start to act like a child. Don't double cross him or get in his way. Because if you do, you're going to have to pay. The man called Sting. The man called Sting. He's a man called Sting. The man called Sting. Guitar solo. There is a third verse. Just once again, it was so easy to do this shit back in the 90s. Let's, let's, mm. let's just, just, the 90s were the best. Verse three. <laughs> All over the world, he's such a smash. You know it's over when he does the stinger splash. Oh, no. The, the, the fucking force stinger in there. <laughs> oh, my God. You know it's over when he does the stinger splash. He loves his honey. He loves the rock. <laughs> Shout out the career of Dwayne Johnson years before. But no one important loves the scorpion deadlock. If you don't dare cross you don't dare cross him, we'll get in his way. You have to pay man called sting, man called sting. There is a fourth verse! Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let me just go back to nobody important likes the scorpion No death. one important. Likes- Not even Bret Hart. <laughs> so so the fans who like it aren't not important. important. Not important, mate. They like. They don't like well, Scorpion Deathlock. I know where I fucking stand. <laughs> yeah. Now we I'm know. I'm sending my AEW t-shirt back, mate. They call him the biggest face ever. He was a heel all along. <laughs> Absolute. No wonder he turned up and just didn't wrestle and collected a paycheck for so long. <laughs> Painting your face all moody. I thought you were cool <laughs> with your goalkeeper pants. What were with those goalkeeper pants? I liked them. They were Zubaz, weren't they? No, like uh, like when Sting, when Sting goes crow and he's got the he's got like, do you remember nineties ass goalkeeper pants mm. where you had like the padding on the thigh, the padding on the shin, and they, you had padding everywhere on it. It looked like yes. fucking Max Moon's trousers. <laughs> Sting just had them like on his on his like thighs and on, and I guess you know it's to help cushion blood. And it just looked so weird because it was weird just like look. like just patches of bubbly material. <laughs> There is a fourth verse. Go on, hit me with it. Everybody wonders what he's going to do. A two-title reign, and he says it ain't through. The little singers believe in him. That's all he needs to win the title again. Don't you dare cross him or get in his way, because if you do, you're going to have to pay. The man called Sting. The man called Sting. The man called Sting. He's a man called Sting. There is a fifth. There's not a fifth verse. There's only fucking say. (laughs) There's a lot. I didn't know that song ran that deep. It's, you know, uh, I guess he was just on a roll that night. He was just really <laughs> feeling it. It's like American made. I can't decipher a single word of those lyrics, but he just goes, he's American made. And then just starts on this shitty, like, wee wee, like awful guitar solo. Bit of whammy in. And yeah, like just a little whammy dip, like, wee wee, just fucking, oh my God. We talk about him. Rick Derringer's <laughs> rolling in his chair because he's still alive. <laughs> rolling in his money. <laughs> Um, we mentioned uh, the other gimmick of Sting. Uh, 
Fun fact, this week in wrestling, this bloody week in the wrestling, yeah. that gimmick is being played out. Right. In the WWF. Okay. In a dark match. Yeah. Uh, Scott Hall has suggested to a particular wrestler, hey, Mang, I've got this idea. Have you ever seen the film The Crow? Right. Just do that. Do you know which wrestler he suggested that to? Who? Al Snow. <laughs> Al Snow was the first sting. Al, Al Crow. Al Crow! Al Crow. Al Crow. Is, is how it would have ended up. Yeah, we nearly uh, had Al Crow. He would have... Uh, let's just try and book how this would have went. Because, no, like, Al Snow's an awesome talent, right? He's mm. been around for so long. He's had staying power. He's a great trainer. But just knowing what we know of WWF at the time, mm-hmm. he'd be Al Crow. <laughs> they, well, first off, they'd wait till the Crow buzz had died down. So give it two years. <laughs> um, and then they just, they'd get in there super late, you know, like really timely with it because everybody's, you know, talking about it still. Um, <laughs> they'd call him Al Crow. He would still be in the job squad. <laughs> Uh, what else would they do? They'd partner him up with. Um, well, no, they they lean. No, WWF would lean into the crowness. So it would just be like his theme music would just be. He'd have wings. Up. He'd like. Oh yeah, he'd come out with with clip on wings. Clip on wings. Clip on yeah. wings. And a beak here and here. You know, and like a beak thing that he'd attach yeah. to his face, and he and his catchphrase would be "Kaka." Like, and then they go, "I don't understand." Everyone likes the crow. Yeah, but Vince, I don't think it's the it's the crow aesthetic that they like. God damn it! We need to ramp it up. Do his <laughs> shit in the ring. <laughs> and he's just up on the rafters. We're to do a white he's shit. Just, he's just up on the rafters, right? <laughs> Shitting on the rafters. He's got a little can of spray paint. <laughs> paints it white. And then just drops it on the ring to somebody <laughs> like Jarrett, who's just trying to make his entrance. And they're like, fucking, they're looking up like, oh my God. And it's like, oh God, it's Al Crow, he's back. <laughs> dropping, dropping spray painted shits <laughs> off the fucking. I prefer cow. this version of Crow. <laughs> I take back, I think this is money. <laughs> Al Crow. Aliens, come get me now. Let's go back in time oh. and make this shit happen. We're two weeks away Literally. from Al Snow debuting as Avatar. Al Crow is far better. Avatar is its own fucking minefield of like, why? It's a awful man. Why? It's awful. It's so, it, even for the time, it's like, imagine just staring at like a book of the brightest colors you can, mm. like color swatches. For you Say you, you have a room and you want to paint it neon, but you're not sure which shade of neon you want. So you've got millions of different colors, right? If you imagine that just being spun around at high speed <laughs> while you're just being like, Shoved in and out from it. That that's that's Avatar. Um, it's, it's got a very Hayabusa uh, shtick to it. I mean, like it's, it's, fuck, it. it's entirely Hayabusa. Yeah, and the, yeah. I, I like the idea that Vince has looked at watched the Hayabusa match and gone. Mm, you're he right. This, His but, outfit is great. But Conan gave him this shit. Conan gave Vince this shit over um, Liger apparently as well because mm. they brought in Conan to pitch Max Moon. Yeah, and then. Conan was like, that's just Jushin Liger, though, like the Space Warrior thing and, you know, the the whole gear and it's all looking a bit like Jushin Liger. And Vince is like, ha, never heard of him. <laughs> and Conan's like holding a magazine that has a picture of Vince at the go position at a Jap- <laughs> Japanese show with Liger sprinting past him and Vince going and looking directly at him. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Space man, eh? <laughs> 
But again, it's Vince boiling it down to like like it's bare bones and just going. <laughs> just it's an alien just, space. He's just sat there trying to talk to him afterwards. So what's your gimmick? Beast God, huh? Mm. Oh, well, how about Spaceman? <laughs> it's close. <laughs> uh, anyway, Shark and Sting. <laughs> yeah, over very quickly, you know, Dead does quick. what it says on the tin. Sting needs to look like the big, beautiful baby face. Mm. And of course, that's what he comes off as here. He ain't going to be dropping the belt. He ain't going to be doing anything too mystical. Not to somebody like Tenta, because WCW just never really did anything with Tenta. <laughs> And it's, what would you have done with Tenta as a Tenta super fan? What would you say is the, like, what would you have had Tenta do? So I think win just, all the belts? Just, just the size of Tenta alone is, mm. uh, is intimidating. Like, the guy yeah. is huge. And I think, you know, that plus, if you lent into the fact this guy is a former sumo wrestler, you don't need to make mention of his fucking record or the fact that he left Japan and, mm. you know, whatever else. You can just say the guy's a former sumo wrestler. He's obviously been very good because he was competing as a sumo wrestler. Uh, and he was training to compete like full time and everything, and he was part of a stable. But you could you could just build up around the fact that he's just this big fucking terrifying bloke. It was the nineties. Mm-hmm. You could just stick a cut off jacket on him and go, he's a bar fighter. It's true. People bought it. Like I, I don't know. I think Tenta was they, they kind of dropped the ball. It sucked that they had to get rid of um, Avalanche because you know it was it would have been. It, but at the same time, it sucked that they kind of did it because it was just more of the same, I guess. And then we end up with the shark and it's all a bit... I mean, it's very, very merchandisable. That's mm. the thing. That's the one thing is the shark is, especially at this time, I know looking back now, it's gaudy as hell, but merchandisable out the arse, the shark. Because it's so bright, so colorful, it's so kind of wacky. But I, I don't know. I would have made him like a, a bit of a, a bit of a kind of force to be reckoned with. But the problem is by the time he arrives, you've got Dungeon of Doom. You've got the giant... And it's it's kind of lost on him. You got so many other big lads, yeah, doing big lad things at this point. Yeah, and that's it. And then eventually we're gonna have Bam Bam shortly, and we're gonna have you know, kind of just gets lost in the mix. Mm. We get a recap after uh, a quick win for Sting with a crossbody. Uh, we get a recap of uh, the Tash shaving horror once more because it's been at least like five minutes. But since first, we saw the it. man becomes oh, the monster. Yes. <laughs> the monster becomes the man. It's every single time. Let's look back at the monster. <laughs> if no one can see Hogan, they should be asking, where's Hogan? <laughs> that's WCW Nitro at this point. Uh, another, yeah, so another clip of the Tash shaving horror, this time in full, in case you didn't know that Hogan has Tash shaved and may have lost his powers. I mean, keep reminding you, Hulk Hogan may be here later on without his moustache. Oh, and uh, what? I call Hogan's appearance later. Oh, gosh, it's gorgeous. Uh, up next, Sabu returns to Nitro and he's facing a newcomer. Mr. JL. Yeah, so Sabu makes his entrance under... He bathed in red light. Mm-hmm. You know, Sabu's got a massive scar on his stomach. Sabu is, like, raj-looking. Sabu's a guy that, if you know anything about American indie wrestling at this time, like, and you were a fan present at the time, you'd be excited to see, because yeah. it could be a fucking train wreck, could be brutal, could be anything. Sabu matches go any way they want. They just kind of happen. But at the same time, they're very entertaining. But they have him come out. He comes out and tries to do his point. No spotlight. And just kind of goes, walks down, tries to stop and do the point. No spotlight. Kind of gets in the ring, goes to the corner. Just quick spot. Nope. And then they start an ECW chant and he gives them a quick one. And he's just looking at the hard cam the entire time going like, spotlight. Like, what the fuck? It just looks like he's just 
being fucked with. <laughs> oh, and, and, they, and they'll fuck with him again at the end of this one. Oh, yeah. Mr. JL, who's Mr. JL, Sam Driver? I couldn't possibly guess. <laughs> Mr. Ah. JL. Mr. JL is, uh, is, is essentially a giant Power Ranger. Mm. Uh, and he is none other than, uh, than light heavyweight wrestling legend, independent wrestling legend. Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn. Uh, so Jerry Lynn is just fresh off a tour in Mexico and a short spin back in Michinoku Pro where he was playing his other masked alter ego, uh, Golgota Cross, who is a villain from the Tiger Mask manga comic. Nice. That's where that comes from. But then this is something brand new. He, uh, he lost the mask a few months ago. Before this, sorry, a few, months, a few months before this match, started wrestling against Jerry Lynn. Nobody was biting on just Jerry Lynn. He had a chat about the origin of Mr. JL with WrestlingNews.co to the month he said the mask idea was my idea because it had been seven and a half years since i broke into the business and i asked uh, brad siegel what do i have to do to get a break and he said well the business has changed it's all tv now so it's all about capturing the viewer's attention so they don't change the channel it has to be something more visual i've been going to japan quite a bit and saw a lot of cool mask gimmicks i thought no one in the states is doing masks right now i was working in a screen printing shop at the time and i had a friend of mine in the art department help me come up with a design obviously based on power range which was huge on TV, Go Go Power Rangers. I thought, let's come up with something that's sort of like Power Rangers and alien-like. A little crossover between the two. Came up with this outfit. It cost me $1,250 to make. But there weren't, because uh, there weren't that's a lot a of gear. a lot back then. But there weren't a lot of gear makers doing what he wanted. Yeah, so he had to go very to specific. some very specific peoples. I sent pictures and video footage of me in the outfit, and WCW said, that's exactly what we're looking for. So the first night, this is... Only probably a couple of hours before going live, the guys at WCW said, okay, so what do you want to be called? And I'm throwing out names like the Phantasm or the Cyber Knights. <laughs> and Kevin Sullivan says, well, we don't want to just slap a name on you without researching any copyright infringements. Uh, it's two hours before the show. They've not got time to do it. And Kevin Sullivan just says, hey, what the fuck? Call him Mr. JL. <laughs> I thought inside inside my head says Jerry Lynn. This is the beginning of the end. One thousand two hundred and fifty dollars down the drain. The only thing they could have done that would have been somehow worse would have been if he rocked up with all the gear after they told him that they loved it and everything, and they went, "Yeah, it's great." But have you got one in blue? <laughs> or have you got one in, in green? God. Or have you? Can you, can you not? And it's just got to change it on a whim. Oh, <laughs> but that's geez. that's just. I mean, it's WCW through and through. That isn't mm. it? Like, we well, got this guy coming in. He's got a cool gimmick. What are we gonna call him? Fuck it. He'll come up with something. And he gets <laughs> there. Goes. I, don't, I don't thought you were gonna come up with something. <laughs> Uh, as the match gets going, a spicy Hogan sucks chant breaks out, uh, which is a worry for WCW executives, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Uh, JL, nice bit of offense here with a bit of a plancher to the outside. Like, this feels like a really interesting match. It's Sabu and Jerry Lynn. It's of Sabu course and it's a Jerry Lynn. Match. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, as, but commentary is just all about, well, Hogan is getting here soon. Yeah, because you've got to wonder where he is. <laughs> Where's Hogan? <laughs> Uh, JL keeps what our viewers are wondering right now he's just over there he's just off screen he's just off screen eating a Twix yeah. but in a really weird way like, he keeps just seductively licking the caramel after wish picking, he wouldn't Hogan he, he, he kept picking off all the chocolate so it's just caramel and biscuit and he's just rubbing the caramel into his moustache now just forcibly 
It's just getting all gunked up, you dirty bastard. You should watch the way he eats a double decker. It's illegal in five countries. Oh. Post match, Sabu. Oh, so, so I got. Uh, JL's pushing on. He hits a hangman's DDT, countering a Frankenstein. It looks lovely. JL gets a leaping Hurricane Rana attempt, countered into a powerbomb, gets a submission win with a camel clutch. Now, post match, Sabu hits a sunset flip powerbomb to the outside quite awkwardly. And what happens is Sabu then pulls out a table and puts JL through the table. I'm telling you this because we don't see this. No. Because they they have to cut to the commentators. You just hear, like, the crowd go, oh, oh and a crunch. Yeah. <laughs> Sabu got just shafted the, here. The, the best part of this match for me, like, looking back from a purely what-the-fuck standpoint is the fact that I think Nick Patrick was the official in this match. But when he goes down, Mr. JL seems to have definitively got the win with a pin. Goes down. One, two, and then referee has to physically throw his other hand underneath uh, Lynn's arm to knock Lynn's arm off. So like the ref just goes, whoop, like sweeps the hand, and then goes, two! Oh. <laughs> and Sabu kind of rolls forward like that. It was weird. So obviously they've forgotten the finish. Or maybe I've sort of forgotten I don't, to kick or maybe out. Maybe changed on a whim. Jeez. So they cut, but they we we miss all that. A good match though. Really yeah. good match. Uh, fingers crossed for JL. Hope it all works out for you. <laughs> Spent a lot of money. I hope at least it does. He's gonna make. It's gonna take him ages to earn that back. Yeah. On the money that WCW would have paid like randomers at this point. Oh yeah. Um. We cut back to the announce table urgently because Hogan and the Giant are here. <laughs> they arrived late to the show, but whatevs. Back to the ring we go after the break, after another advert for Halloween Havoc. <laughs> Do it. First. First, the man becomes the monster, and then the monster becomes the man. Thank you. And there he goes, off into the distance. Bring back some more double-deckers for Hogan. Uh, we're back in the ring after the break. Sting in full gear, Lex Luger in smart casual. Uh, <laughs> interviewed by Mean Gene. The irony is that Lex Luger looks like Sting the singer, I've put here. <laughs> Luger. Luger always looks like he's just looking around the audience going, oh, that's a nice shirt. Where do you buy that from? <laughs> he's always oh, that kid's up. having such a good time, isn't he? And while, while Savage is trying to get in his face and oh. slapping him. Savage snaps into this one as well because Sting's <laughs> playing peacekeeper. He invites Macho Man to do it because there's all this. Yeah. All this, all this chaos between the there three of them. There can't just be one storyline. There's got to be a thousand. Mm. But then at the same time, this is why I love the 90s. It's why Raw feels empty and shit now. Yeah. Because it's just like... you kind of Now we kind of want those overlapping storylines. I, I want it. I want everybody on that card to have a storyline because it matters. It matters because, you know, you have to do less shoving down the throat for the main event matches that we know we're going to see anyway. And the people who don't get to, to, to pay-per-view, they get their stories and their payoffs and they yes. happen on TV. And this is where you get, you know, TV cage match. You don't have to put Roman in there. You just have a TV cage match with two people from lower down the card. Like Dolph Ziggler, I'm sure, fucking bang out a cage match yes. on SmackDown. Just, oh my God. Every, make, everything <laughs> make everything massively matter to someone, presumably. Um... So Savage is called out by Sting because Sting is like, look, you two aren't getting on. I've got to sort this out. Uh, Savage gets into the ring and starts accusing Sting of being with the Dungeon of Doom because last week the giant choke slammed everyone. You're wearing face paint, Sting. You're wearing face paint and you're weird. <laughs> you like Metallica. I like Jesus music. <laughs> 
Sting immediately shoots that bollocks down (laughs) and says it all boils down to everyone wanting to. Flat top, America! I Look at my jacket. You've got an eye in the middle of your name, like giant. It's clear you're clearly aligned, <laughs> you prick. <laughs> Savage is just. So, I mean, the nice thing is, is that Savage just being this highly wired, uh, hyper anxious, untrustworthy, uh, untrusting soul is very true to real life. <laughs> Yeah. He didn't trust anybody. Yeah. Everything, He's everything, the real Steve Austin. Everything you hear about him, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty down, pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty accurate. Everybody was an ass in the eyes of Savage. Um, Sting says this all boils down to the fact that all three of them want to be world champions. So Sting, Sting suggests a three-way dance to determine the number one contender. No, I'm kidding. That's too fucking obvious. So what's going to happen is, right, because Sting is facing Luger at Halloween Havoc. Did I miss... <laughs> Did I miss it's, a meeting? It's a convoluted... Did I miss a meeting? Oh, my. It, it, I'm trying like so it, hard and to pay attention you win, to Nitro. And you go through. But if you win, you go through. And if you win, you go through. And if you win, you go... It's like... Ah! Sting's facing Luger. Yeah. And Savage is facing... Um, Giant... No, you know it's Sullivan. I put I put Kamala, but I think it's Meng. Meng, he's facing Meng. Yeah, yeah. So Savage is facing Meng, and Luger is facing Sting. If Luger beats Sting, and if Savage beats um, Meng, then they'll have Savage and Luger later in the night at Halloween Havoc. But like, if one of those two loses their match, then we don't. <laughs> could, could you just just book the match just, just book have the match. the match you pricks <laughs> just what's what is Sting fighting for you because Sting is like I want you guys to settle your differences you've got to beat me first if I was Sting I'd go you know what I'm going to lie down I'm going to take the L you go on and sort out Savage. If I was Sting, I'd just be like, you know what? Sort your own shit out. I'm yeah, out why here. is Sting like, so heavily he, involved? He, he holds a belt. He's got to just... Oh, my God, Sting. It's a mess. It's not a tournament. It sounds like maybe it's a it's tournament. It's just a people pleaser. It's just, it's just Luger will fight Savage if both guys win their respective matches. Yeah, they've got to win a preliminary match each to face each other. <laughs> For the right to maybe be world champion. And Sting doesn't get a look in. Stings. Oh. The, the one thing I didn't Messy. like about this promo was the fact that Savage says, and everybody here wants that belt. And it's like, yeah. That's true. Because that needs to be something I think that is restored to the kind of law of wrestling is that, you know, like it's what Kevin Nash said. What the fuck are you doing here if you don't want to be world champion? Mm-hmm. Like that should be every single wrestler's goal. You want to be the big champion, right? Mm-hmm. Then where has this gone over? Like now it just feels like there's people who are like, I'm going to be the IC title holder. It's like, okay, that's great. But like world title. <laughs> but, that's, but that's because like the IC title used to be like, hey, you win that and then off to the yeah, world title but soon. When, when, it, when, when you there got, was a division. When you have somebody going back to it and back to it and back to it, it's like you guys can't just put them into the position to mm. make this not even happen. Just give them a shot that, no. that's fun to watch. Of course not. That's too obvious. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Get the inside scene from Mean Team and Missy. Call the biggest names in wrestling on the WCW Hotline. Like me from the locker room to the boardroom. It's all on the WCW Hotline. Do some name calling and a lot of other fun stuff too. Call right now the WCW Hotline 1-900-909-9900. Calls cost ninety nine cents per minute. Kids get parents permission to call. Charges will appear on parents' phone bill. A limo pulls up outside. A limo containing a man from Japan, according to Bischoff, who's made his name all over the world. Out and scurries. <laughs> out scurries the little chauffeur. He's getting all excited and he stands there and fixes his hair and he pulls on the door. Who steps out? None other than Meng. No, none other than WCW's newest signing, Chris Benoit. He looks up at the building and says, WCW, where the big boys play, and then walks inside. This felt Billy Big we didn't for see, Benoit. We didn't see where the fuck he was walking into. He could have been walking into home base. He could have been walking in. <laughs> if you knew, if you knew much less about the guy's kind of strict regimen with himself and his diet and his training, he could have been walking into a fucking pizzeria. Like it, it, the shot was just WCW, huh? where the big boys play, and then he steps to the right. <laughs> he was walking into AT and T, but then it pans out and it's neat and tidy piano movers. I, you know, it, it was. It's nice to see. And, and, you know, as somebody who I think I've said this before, like Chris Benoit was my favorite wrestler, mm-hmm. like when I was younger. Uh, it's just bittersweet, like in this really yeah. fucked up way. Because, like, it's sweet for me in terms of, like, memories. And, like, oh, yeah, that match, and oh, yeah, this. And it's just, like, then it all kind of hits you, and you're like, oh, shit, yeah, no, I can't really. That's a real thing with these classic reviews is I'm learning to to separate the man from the performance. From the performance, yeah. yeah. That's it, to separate the two, because uh, on the SmackDown review, he's very much embedded in WWF in 01, mm-hmm. um, in, and obviously now in 1995, he's about to become quite embedded in WCW after even WWF were, were, were courting him briefly, potentially bringing him in for something, and that never really panned out. So... We're going to be talking about him a lot. This is Benoit's second turn in WCW, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. He first came into WCW in June of 1992. He teamed with Beef Wellington in an NWA World Tag Team title tournament. Yeah, They were 
beaten by Brian Pillman and Jushin Liger in the first round at nice. Clash of Champions 19. He did not return until January the January was that, was that as Benoit or was it as Pegasus Kid? Um, I believe it might have been his Pegasus Kid, ah. potentially. Um, he didn't return until January 1993 at Clash of Champions 22. This is as Benoit defeating Brad Armstrong. A month later at Super Bowl 3, he lost to Two Cold Scorpio. Getting pinned with only three seconds left Everybody of a 20 minute time. Here two cold Scorpio. At the same time, he formed a tag team briefly with Bobby Eaton. And they lost to Marcus Bagwell and Scorpio at Slambury. And off he went back to Japan. Uh, in the time he was there, he won the best of Super Juniors tournament in 93 and 95. Yep. He became the first ever Super J Cup winner in 1994. And get this, right? This this blew my mind when I researched this. By this point, he had already won his first WWF championship. But was it the international championship? It was the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship. Ah, so from was eight, this being defended overseas at the time? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a bit like the martial arts championship, are, a kind of with a with a bit of thing on it. There are belts out there that are W. They're World Wrestling Federation belts. Mm-hmm. Like the the international championship is like the kind of biggest one. Well, this is from, 19, from 1981 to 1995. The WWF had a business partnership. Um, actually, it's not Japan. I talked out of my bottom initially. You fucking... This is, oh, this my is the, God. the Universal Wrestling Association, which is a Mexican promotion, had a WWF yeah. business relationship with the, with the WWF. Oh, makes perfect sense. This resulted in the creation of the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship for that promotion. Pegasus Kid, sent to Mexico by New Japan to train and gain experience, won this title on March the 3rd, 1991. He held it until September 92, losing it to Villano 3. Nice. So he already has a WWF title reign, but again, it's like an, an offshoot WWF title. Yeah. It's, like, it's... like the... Martial arts championship. Yeah, but. it's it's just sort of it's it's just kind of it's 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 technically technically official. I'm intrigued by the WWF International Championship and who held that bad. Boy. Anoki. Anoki was that boy as well. Anoki. Yeah, it's always, it's always Anoki. Anoki. It's Anoki all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> Where the big boys play, says Eric Bischoff, as Disco Inferno appears on the ramp dancing. Tatsumi Fujinami. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he always won them as well, didn't he? Bless him. I was reading some stuff because there's a Wrestling Curiosity special going on on Sunday, which kind of connects to New Japan. Yeah. And uh, I was reading about um, Fujinami, who became the second ever IWGP title a holder and then he vacated it then he won it again and then they vacated it simply because we just want to have a tournament for it instead (laughs) Fujinari like what what do you mean I've won it Anoki is some wild shit that's I mean I mean it's if you know where Anokiism ends Right? <laughs> Not that Anokiism has ended. Anokiism will never, ever end. Like, the guy is still, or at least was still up until fairly recently until his health problems. Like, I remember a couple of years ago, he held one of his Anokiism shows, which is like, come along for a night of wrestling, 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 the other type of wrestling, kickboxing, MMA, and some wrestling. And it's like, is there no badminton in there? <laughs> like, I wish Antonio, there was. go on, big tone. It, it's, it's, it's a fascinating mentality, and it's one that I think, with the correct amount of tweaking, and if it had gone slightly more shooto, and it had been a bit more like predetermined shooty, then yeah, I think it could have done a lot better than it did. But certainly it wasn't helped by... 
him just falling in love with whichever was the toughest man in the world at the time. Mm. And it'd just be like, well, well, you're tougher than him. Go beat him up. You're a five-time champion in New Japan. It's like, yeah, but he's an actual mixed martial artist. Oh. <laughs> Boom. Now, you, <laughs> now your champion is uh, not your champion and he is discredited. And now you've just got a roster full of MMA guys, Tony. What mm. are you doing, Tony? So it does not surprise me. It doesn't surprise me that he would just <laughs> vacate because well, just cause just cause. cause I mean people still line up to get slapped by him they do to I get watched slapped a video by of him today. is to be imbued with the fighting spirit of Antonio Inoki and a broken jaw that's awesome the fact the guy can just be like whoosh <laughs> on anybody he sees and it's like thank you Cultaholic Classic Antonio Inoki <laughs> review coming soon I'm gonna soon. start greeting people that we way we should do so what are you doing just imbuing you with the fighting spirit of Antonio Inoki stay still <laughs> Should me and you. I mean, this is a bit Assault. of work. <laughs> no, it's I'm, I'm imbuing the fighting spirit. Fighting spirit. Fight back. Police, policeman <laughs> comes over and goes, he's clearly just imbuing you with the fighting spirit, no, you the, can't. The copper gets in, it's just like, whoosh. <laughs> get him involved as well. Over Christmas, should we oh. just do a podcast where, this is just a bit of work admin, where we just go through the history of Inoki. I, I've, wanted to, <laughs> I've, wanted to do, I've wanted to do something like this, like, like this with like, there's so much batshit stuff mm. in the world of wrestling in general that I've, I've had this idea for a while, but it's something we would have to research and we'd have to have many, many instances ready to go. Because it's not something... Wrestling where curiosities, can, where you can, might like, say. Where we can, like, redo it. I've got a specific format in mind, but I don't want to give it away. Wrestling curiosities, you but might I, say. I do think that there is an entire... I mean, fuck me. Antonio Noki bought an island from Pablo Escobar. <laughs> On the promise that there was pirate treasure on it. There was no pirate treasure on the island. <laughs> the The island is now named, I think it's called Friendship Island or New Friendship Island, <laughs> but it featured in some New Japan Island death matches where you'd see, you'd see wrestlers like it was a fucking uh, tokusatsu, uh, uh, tokusatsu film. Is it Tokusatsu? Uh, where it, it's um, like transform, like Henshin style, you know, Power Rangers stuff. You'd see that kind of Godzilla style island, and you'd see all these dramatic shots, and then you'd you'd just see like a wrestler get dropped off on him <laughs> out of a helicopter, just perched up, gets out of the helicopter, and then they kind of walk across the island to find each other and start brawling. And it's just like it's like DDT, but in the seventies and serious. It's. <laughs> I think the video of that is online. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's out there. Stunning. There's, there's a few. It's mental. Or it's mental. It's mental. I I just think... I'm still thinking about... I'm still thinking about Inoki buying an island off Pablo Escobar. Going, yeah, there's gold on it. I'm just thinking of Inoki just digging up the island with a shovel. As he's losing he just, daylight. He just get to the beach, just lift the entire thing up and be like, there's no gold here. Just Damn drop it. it. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you want one more, one more wild. Yes. Anoki all of story. them. Uh, <laughs> I think he's a serious about like, Antonio Anoki. mad shit Anoki Antonio bit. Anoki got involved with the world of politics. And he did. During the Gulf War, I believe. It was just before the, just before the Gulf just War. Just before this the Gulf great. War. This is so, so good. Yeah, he, um, there were Japanese hostages being held by Saddam Hussein. And so the Japanese government wanted to get them the hell out of there. Of course, they're Japanese citizens. They're being held hostage. But, you know, these situations are, you know, geopolitical situations aren't always that easy. It's not just like, give us our people back. It's often, yeah, but only if you do what we want you to do. They're kind of being held hostage uh, and held to ransom. And, you know, the, 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 the dictatorship will have a very specific thing in mind that they want. So Anoki goes over there. 
let's just rewind that a sec. Anoki, <laughs> Anoki's like annoyed about this. Anoki I'll, goes I'll to goes to the government and he's like, "So we're we gonna uh, do something about this?" And they're like, "Nope." And under no circumstances are you to get involved with anything. I uh, chartered a flight, flew to Iraq, met Saddam Hussein, <laughs> got him freed. <laughs> And then came back, and apparently they were all like, what the fuck, when he got back, because they pissed off. But yeah, he, um, I think he, it obviously wasn't quite as succinct as that. I believe that a lot of this will be being attributed to Anoki and Anoki alone, and maybe it was a team effort. But like, it's like an Argo-style situation. It's fucking crazy. But, you know, I, I think I remember reading that he... <laughs> He was like just trying to talk about the power of sport and bringing the world together, and uh, he just struck up chord with Saddam Hussein, who released everybody. But then, <laughs> then it's it's like similar with his North Korea relationship, and the Japanese government are just like, "Can you just fucking stop going to North Korea? Because it's North Korea, mate. It's not. Yeah, he got suspended from the diet because he just kept going. North Korea, and he's like, but we can bring them together, and we can bring them into the the you know, we can break down all of this stuff with the power of wrestling, and the power of sport." And it's like, it's it's such a beautiful thought <laughs> and it's such a beautiful dream. But you can't just be fucking taking busloads of people to North Korea. You're Antonio Inoki. They've kidnapped movie stars before and directors. Like, he's just like, fearless. Fearless, man. Now, Inoki, don't go to Korea again. All right, I'm just popping to the loo. Then out the window, you just see a helicopter taking I swear to God. Wait a second. I swear to God. One one horrible day. It probably It's probably already happened. Like, the Grim Reaper has turned up around the door of, of, of a house that Anoki's been in, and he's just gone, whoosh, <laughs> beat the shit out of him, and probably built a nice little something out of his <laughs> out of his bones. Like, Anoki is just, I, he, he's, he's, ah, oh, the man is a mystery. He's fascinating. I want us to do a multi-hour podcast deep dive into the life and times of Antonio Anoki. Do you know what his original... I think it'd be amazing. Do you know what his original uh, ring name was? In the, the the U.S. markets where he was sent, or Mexico where he was sent, uh, it's it was something a bit offensive. Yeah, it was. Uh, so like we had um, Sammy Lee, who would mm. uh, Satoru Siyama. He was the Tiger Mask, Tiger Mask one. Uh, when Antonio Inoki went on excursion, his name was Tokyo Tom. Oh my god! <laughs> and then uh, yeah, because he was from, uh, I believe his family emigrated to Brazil. Mm. So because of that, it was like. <laughs> Like Antonio became the name. Like the the promoter was like, "Yep, that's the one." That's amazing. That's amazing. It's better than Pelican, which Muhammad Ali called yeah. him quite regularly. <laughs> Only Ali can get away with doing anyway, that. Anyway, back to Nitro. <laughs> oh, fine. Disco through. Inferno. <laughs> there's a there's a jump into a cold bath Disco for you. Fever. Disco <laughs> fever. Disco fever. Disco fever. Glenn can't rest. <laughs> But he dances. No, he dances though. Yeah, it's great. So he's dancing to Disco Fever on the ramp. The commentators hate him. Uh, Bischoff telling us that he's not on the oh, roster. I can't fucking wait for Goldberg to turn up and just start spearing this dick. <laughs> it was like my favorite thing as a kid because I hated Disco so much. It was like, why are you hanging up the show? Why are you just mm. making this all about yourself? Which worked. It worked wonders. But now everything we know about Disco in real life, I can't wait to watch again <laughs> as Goldberg just turns up and spears the shit out of him. Week on week Absolutely on week. Absolutely clatters him. <sighs> but here's the thing. Bischoff says, Disco Inferno's not on the roster, and here he is on Nitro. Does this make Scott Hall the second non-WCW employee to invade Nitro? I mean... Disco Inferno was technically the first. Shit, man. Breaking boundaries. Yeah. He's the guy. You don't know why I'm here. He I'm is here the original dance. Forbidden Door. Where is John Travolta? <laughs> um, 
the disco music stops and is replaced by what I presume is the theme of Big Bubba Rogers. Uh, disco plays the theme on his boombox instead. Now, I thought that was quite funny. It was a nice touch. That was quite funny. This, it's one thing, like, disco Disco is such an effective heel at this time because, mm. I mean, fuck, disco has sucked for so long by this point yes. that it was just the natural reaction. Like, you see somebody out there fucking disco dancing looking like John Travolta. Like, you get the fuck off the TV. <laughs> and that was the that was the... <laughs> That was the response they wanted, right? That, that yeah. was it. And it worked. As I said, as a kid, I was like, just yeah, go, go away, away go away, go away. Get off my screen. Mm. Um, Bubba simply looks at him with us in disgust and walks off. I was hoping <laughs> Bubba would batter him. Bubba ain't got time for that. And then Road Warrior Hawk came Bubba's out. He's got a really decisive hard fought victory to make. <laughs> I thought. When his opponent for the night, Road Warrior Hawk, walked out, I thought I was Hawk like, was going to clatter him. I was like, this is going to be good. We've got Bubba Rogers, Hawk. This is, you know, yeah. two, like two lads <laughs> batter themselves around a bit. Uh, Hawk uh, like kind of makes Disco jump and Disco leaves. But as Hawk's walking to the ring, Disco runs down the ramp, grabs a baseball cap from one of the kids in the Not crowd. Not just any baseball cap. The no. all-new purple and gold WCW oh, baseball cap. Importantly. And hangs it on one of the spikes on Road Warrior's uh, and he doesn't notice till he gets to the ring, yeah. No. And the referee like picks it off for him. Uh, and because of this, Disco being a little contemptible Disco, who are you, Disco? A naughty motherhubbard. Uh, because of this, he obviously turns around after a little bit of a fight, gets himself all the way up the, the ramp back to Disco, grabs Disco. There's a bit of a fight between the pair of them, and then uh, and then Disco's kind of cackling. And then he realizes, oh, shit, turns around, starts booking it back to the ring and count it out. That's it. And that's, that's the, the hard-fought win for Big Bubba Rogers. And if you thought you were sick of count out victories, just you wait till next week. <laughs> <laughs> I just put my notes here. Disco is going to die. I don't think he does just yet. No, no, it takes oh. some time. It takes some time. But he eventually, because th this is just the, the tip of the iceberg. Like, Disco is going to get a lot more pervasive mm -hmm. and a lot more annoying. Mm. Like disco, it's almost incredible how much they they just stuck with that go away. Because <laughs> it was just like, oh my, he's just here again dancing, doing nothing. They really do persevere with it. Um, he's here, <laughs> Hulk Hogan, and Mean Gene Oakland thank invites God, Hulk Hogan. God. Hulk Hogan, the number one babyface in WCW, enters to. Complete and utter booze. And I know there is this this Not complete and utter. You can still hear the... Oh, sorry. I can still hear, can still hear American Maid just underneath it. Not Rick Derringer. Let's give them an actual... It. Let's give them an actual... You do the booze and I'll right. do American Maid. Okay. Boo! 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 Fuck you, Hogan! Fuck you, British shit! Boo! You're not over in this town, Hogan! Boo! Die, Hogan! We shine and shine out your throat! Boo! Boo! That's what happened. And I know there is this undercurrent. <laughs> For anti Hogan sentiment. The shittest episode of Mind the Buzzcocks ever, though. <laughs> You've meant best. <laughs> but this is this is something else. So Hogan is all in black. Oh yeah. Sunglasses on, expressionlessly walking to the we're ring. We're talking nylon, baby. We're talking spandex. Mm. We're talking eleven out of ten spanks. <laughs> I mean, this guy, this guy, uh, look at him. He's oily, he's shiny. 
He's got different shininess going on. He's got smooth, oily shininess. Mm. He's got flat nylon shininess. He's got a shiny upper lip. And that's what's making him saddest of all. This is like the this is like the the beta test of Hollywood Hogan that we're seeing here. Yeah, like this is just like okay, we'll see how it goes. Mean Gene Oakland because he's just a fucking knacker. What are you on about? Acknowledges the booze by saying, "Well, this crowd obviously reacting to Hogan wearing all black." Well, it's better. It's better. yeah. That's why we're booing it's, him, dickhead. It's, it's better than piping in cheers. It is that. It is that. <laughs> Just thought. <laughs> oh, that's why they're booing him. A Not because he's... A, a smashed pool cue on the front row just swinging for him and all you can hear is... <laughs> like it's an episode of Smackdown. It's not because he's a speed bump on an episode of Nitro every week. It's not because he is the poochie of WCW right now. No, he's put black on so the crowd are booing him. <laughs> I get but it though. Whenever a... I see somebody I don't like wearing a black T-shirt, I am more inclined to go, "All right, dickhead." He, he, you know, he's just here to remind all you horrible people that you know. First, the man becomes the monster, and then <laughs> the monster becomes the man. There it is. That's all he's here to do, and you're booing him. <laughs> booing him. It's true. When when uh, when Sam and I do news on a Wednesday and we we go for black T-shirts, the thumbs down are just intolerable. But that's because we're wearing black. I don't even look at thumbs up, thumbs down, man. No, no, that's toxic. They're always thumbs down. There's no thumbs down anymore. It's all gone. That way we don't have to look. And that's the one thing I don't agree with because thumbs down kind of it, it helps with content curation. Mm. It helps with content selection, and it's ultimately being done to hide the business interests of companies like Disney. Plus, how will we know that Batista is about to powerbomb Triple H without a thumbs down? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Hogan tells Mean Gene to shut up and says the games are <laughs> over. Hogan, you do All of a sudden, I fancy you again. Um, he says, just like he beat Andre the Giant in the Silver Dome, he got it right, he'll do the same to his son. He references how he pulled his troops out of the promotion that got he got too big for. So basically, that's him saying, I hired, got all my mates jobs at WCW. Yeah, because the promoter up there was only looking out for himself and he didn't know what he mm. was doing with Hulkamania, brother. And now he's dying, that promoter, choking on his own ego. Oh, he is. I mean, mm. shit, he's going to be out of business in four years. This is the third week in a row that, that Hogan has mentioned. Oh, I left that promotion. Now they're really where, sad. Where do you sit on the conspiracy theory that Hogan was sent? Oh. That that was a deliberate choice by Vince. That Vince, even if Hogan didn't know he was being sent there, Vince was like, I've had enough of your shit. They can deal with you because if I can't manage you, they certainly can't. And they're going to give you more money than I will. And they're going to have to put up with a lot more shit from you. That's a great question. I, I mean, I, I always prescribed the idea that Vince Russo was sent to WCW. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> to to I bring mean, it down that, from within. It is one thing when you've got, you know, uh, you know, a lot of this going on, but imagine there is so that shit in your job there. that people think you're a mole. Just imagine, <laughs> imagine, imagine just being that guy. Just yeah. imagine being that guy. Gosh. I mean, I've never heard the Hogan theory before. Oh, the Hogan one floats around every now and then. I don't really buy into it. I think that it was obviously, if it was, it was probably more of a Vince going like, well, they're not going to be able to manage you any better than I can, so I may as well send you there for a bit and then catch you on the flip side if you heat back up. I wonder whether it's more of a Vince called Hogan's bluff. And Hogan's like, hey, give me the belt or I'm going to go WCW. And Vince went, all right, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> 
go on, you prick. <laughs> I wonder maybe it's, and, the, uh, and Hogan's been like, all right, I will then. And ever since then, he's been like, oh, he's, he's been a, a better boyfriend than you've ever been. And, 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 and that promoter's dying yeah. and he's never going to be around because he didn't believe in the little Hulkamaniacs, brother. If if Hogan was on Facebook at this point, he would still be liking Vince McMahon's posts. Yeah, he'd be getting a lot of UK Huns going in under his uh, under his you know posts because it would just be like, oh my god, a like he'd just be doing loads of snidey posts about Vince, mm. and it'd, oh god, it would be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> weeks before that, weeks before him leaving WWF, like Hogan would tag himself in Atlanta with no context, and people would be going, You okay, hon? Inbox me. <laughs> anyway, Hogan's told Gene to shut up, and uh, he says he's in WCW to face the best, but the giant is banned from the building. Hogan says, Shaving the mustache, right? Shaving off Hogan's mustache, making him Hitler for a couple of seconds is akin to graffitiing the Washington Monument and burning the American flag. I mean, it, it, they're pretty strong comparisons, but it's not really wrong. Hulk Hogan's entire brand is... I mean, you think of Hogan, you think of the Tash, right? Think of the Tash, think of the bandana, think of the hair, think of the shirt pull. It's just the picture, right? The picture mm. of Hogan is fucking boom. It's it's the, the horseshoe mustache. So technically, that's damaged his brand, and I dare like to bet he was paid a little bonus for for having that shaved if it didn't need to be shaved for a role. Although I think it might have needed to be shaved for a role, didn't it? That was why he had it shaved. Yeah, he I was, was, was going to say, because if it was just one of those kind of whim, like, oh, you're gonna, they're going to shave your tash as part of the storyline, I imagine that would have been a, well, are you going to make up for my lost revenue? Even yeah. though it's not even provable. I uh, can imagine <laughs> that Hogan being a little bit of a carny knacker sometimes. Yeah, just a little um, bit. May have gone, yeah. oh, if you want me to shave my moustache, then I want a bonus. Thanks very much. Oh, just happens I've got a film. That yeah. requires me not to have one. <laughs> I didn't tell you about that until just now. I can't have a feel like there's a little bit of little bit of cardiac there. Um, he then goes into prattle hyperspace. He talks about being immortal, slamming the giant, and then beating gorgeous George in heaven. Yeah, this was it. So this is the one I was thinking of. Like, essentially, it's either this or the next episode, or he might lean into it on both. Uh, but I, I think it might be the promo from the next episode. He goes off all like fucking fairies and trees and woods and stuff. And and he's like, it's like, what? And he's just off on this fairy tale adventure. And then, yeah, then you've got the, and I'm going to, a big gorgeous George in heaven. Why? Yeah, sweet. Yeah, fine. Yeah, let's go with that. Meltzer, let's go with that. Meltzer surmises that maybe somebody had mentioned gorgeous George being a draw to Hulk Hogan maybe the day before, which is why he felt the need to go, I'm better than gorgeous George. <laughs> I am the greatest just superstar a... that ever existed. Fucking prick. Gorgeous um, fucking George. Who do you think he is? Buddy Rogers? The <laughs> fuck did he ever do? Bruno? That guy was just muscles. And he wasn't even real American. And then he pl presses play on his little boombox that he carries around with him and real American starts. <laughs> Bruno? Yeah. I'm Bruno. Yes. Uh, <laughs> seven, however many years, 11 million years with the title. He'll never be the same as the Hulkster brother. <laughs> Gene is getting a message through his earpiece. Something's going on. And then we see it on the screen. <laughs> the message is from Brother Brutai going, Oh, tell Terry, tell Terry that he looks so good without his mustache. <laughs> well, Brother Brutai is in the house as the giant's monster truck has arrived. This is it. With, <laughs> with police in tow. Police, right? Okay. There's like four police cars. <laughs> And then they, they come down to the garage, right? They come down to the garage portion of 
the loading dock. And now yeah. the, the garage of a loading dock is a pretty big reinforced garage. But if you just rammed a monster truck into that, that is that door's going bye-bye. That's off its hinges. It ain't no security door. It's behind a gated area anyway. So it's... It looked they, like the Norfolk they, scope. They, I had to double check this wasn't the Norfolk they scope. They pull up. They pull up. And then the police get around the front going, no, 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 no. And then the police keep getting a little bit too close as the driver is edging the truck forward and keep going, oh, oh, while Brutai's just stood there going like, he's, in, he's sticking his head out of the sunroof like a dog on the way to the park. <laughs> and then Sullivan's on the other side. It's oh. Are we meant to take this seriously? Because it is the, the most delightful bollocks in wrestling I think I've ever watched. It's, it's just the, the ensuing, the keeping them apart. The, well, we've got, we've got, because when we go back into the arena, when we go back into the arena, it cuts back to commentary and then Bischoff is having a couple of police officers come in to have a word with him. They're like, and he's like, I understand that. Well, we're keeping them apart. Hulk Hogan and the Dragon are going to be kept apart, and they're going to, we're going to keep. We got a lot of Chicago's finest, and 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 and, and there's, there's, there's plenty of them, and there's, they're amassing outside of the venue. It's like, how are they? What? I thought the police were going to come back and say, Oh, surely they've, they've gone in. Surely all this takes is Bischoff poking his head around the door and going, Paul, yeah, fuck off. You're not getting paid this week. <laughs> And then that that fucking that that truck would be beep 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 so fast. <laughs> I love the idea of it slowly reversing. It just really slow. Keeps getting stuck in gear. Just like that would have. Think about it. That would have been what would have had to have happened anyway. Because they weren't gonna let him in the building. Yeah. Even if they went, oh, can we just come in and just do a turn? No, because then you'll come in, you bastards. So okay, we'll I've reverse seen out. Monster jam. I know you can do that on the spot. Turn around. Yeah. I love the idea. Reverse it back, lads. It's Zodiac on the roof going, you're clear, you're clear. Imagine, imagine he's just not expecting Bischoff to be there. Bischoff's head pokes out and he doesn't even get a word out. It's just, oh shit, Terry, Terry. They're all just like hiding. Brute eyes stuck, just going, it's not him. It's not me. Not he's here, Eric. He's on. <laughs> I'm the Amazon driver. Somebody ordered some milk. <laughs> Not Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> Kev. Oh, no. Oh, God. Not even me, mate. <laughs> right. After a reminder to book Halloween Havoc, why should we book Halloween Havoc, Sam? Because first, the man <laughs> becomes the monster, and then the monster becomes the man. <laughs> and they turn into cars. Yeah, they do. It's oh, they do, me. and then Hogan commits homicide. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Or is it manslaughter? It's probably first degree, whichever the fuck it is. It's going to be manslaughter because it contains laughter. <laughs> it's main event time. <laughs> okay, some normality ensues. Ric Flair, Arl Anderson, Steel Cage main event. Here we yeah. go, here we go. Nice. A little few, they've they, had ticking over for the last few weeks on telly. In fairness, they have been hyping up throughout the evening. So like, first time, cage match, cage match on free TV, cage match. <laughs> Sunday, 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 uh, Sunday. Uh, Anderson, 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 Ric Flair, Flair, Flair. Like, it's like that kind Where's of Where's Hogan, Hogan, Hogan. <laughs> He's chilling out with some chow mein, 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 mein. Just cuts to him just being like... With a mouthful, <laughs> mouthful of chow, uh, Oh, by the way, we, for the main event, as well as the police turning up, we get to see Mongo's dog in a football helmet. Yes. So that's yeah. it. I, I made peppy, a point of that. Peppy in his, in his little, little bear's helmet. Jobber entrance for double A, already in the cage. 
Uh, it's a lower steel cage than normal. It looks more like a rabbit hutch. Yeah, it, it's kind of like, I, I don't know, it, it's more like what I would associate with just being a general 90s WWF. Like non mm. non blue bar cage. Yeah, I just think that they. I think WWF made a point when the blue bars came out to make them like twice as tall. Yeah, to to, to make it, it look more, more imposing. Yeah, imposing. Yeah, because it does just look like a fenced off area. Yeah, but I, you know, I. I think but I'm because I'm just so used to seeing the higher cage. That's it. I think. I think it, it's like so long as it's closed on all four sides, then have I. There you go. Commentators keep talking about Hogan losing his tash. As Flair and Anderson fight. A wild Brian Pillman appears and gets knocked off the cage by Flair. Uh, and and fo- a fine match. Certainly not the best of their series. I, no. think, I think the World War Three match they had, uh, sorry, the four brawl match was the better match. Yeah, it's, it's you know, there's little glints and moments of, of goodness throughout it. But, you know, it, it doesn't need to be the best. There's more. Yeah. There's more in there to make it worth kind of going back through those. Mm. Uh, ends with Anderson bopping Flair with a sneaky pair of brass knucks. Yeah, he's well, you just see he's got taped, he's got something taped around his hands and it's kind of like, oh, what was that? And Heenan's like, oh, don't worry about it. And Bishop's like, oh, no, it definitely hit him with something. Cry it on. Because it's a cage match. Let on no have D- something. It's no DQ, in it? So what, oh, yeah, what, what, what are you complaining what's about? What's your malfunction, officer? What are you complaining about? What's the problem, officer? I'll send Paul round to yours and tell you you're not getting paid this week. <laughs> How do you like that? We cut to the commentation station one more time. Ric Flair grabs the headphones off of Bischoff's head, them. snapping them in the process. <laughs> You'd be gutted, wouldn't you, if you worked uh. in the tech department. He tells Arnon Pillman that he wants a tag match against them next week, whether Flair can find a, a, a partner or not. The conversation, 30 seconds later, goes back to Hogan, for fuck's sake. <laughs> And Bischoff is struggling with his headset at this point. Yeah, Bischoff has to hold the headset like this. It's kind of like if I had to do this uh, for the rest of the podcast. And they're like, oh, can you hear properly? He's like, I can hear. I can hear. Let's do the fucking sign off, guys. Stop bringing attention to it. Bobby Heenan speaks far too much truth in this sign off. As he says, and I quote, I've had enough of having Hulk Hogan shoved down my throat over the years. And so have the wrestlers. You can only eat that garbage for so long until you choke on it. And you've got to spit it out. Hogan, you're in deep, deep trouble. (laughs) (laughs) For about... For for a few more months. And then he does the NWO and everything's great. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But some some shots still fired from from Heenan here. Next week, Flair and a partner versus Arn and Ric Flair. DDP versus Mark Marrow. Sorry, hold on. Johnny B. Oh, Bad. Just hold on. You went Flair and a partner versus Arn and Ric Flair. Yeah. Oh, wait. Flair and a partner versus Arn and Brian Pillman. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we're cloning Flair in the main event. Uh, DDP versus... I mean, yeah, I show you. I must have got sleepy at this point because I've even put DDP versus Mero. He won't be Mark Mero for ages. Johnny Babad. Uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit. Benoit makes his debut next week. And Jim Duggan versus Meng. And again, a sign that I was getting tired. I've written Mengo. <laughs> 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 I've written Mengo in my notes. <laughs> Which sounds like a drink. Yeah. Well, I have a glass of mango, oh, nice please. Nice can of mango. A lovely can of mango. It's really sharp. <laughs> I have one and you're dead. Uh, overall, that show felt quite rushed. Yeah. <laughs> Despite the fact um, we took longer on it than we did the show itself. This is this is the thing. It, it's sort of, it's frenetic and it's still finding its feet. And, and the world of wrestling is rapidly changing as this is going on. Mm-hmm. Things aren't too good across the board. Things are kind of, you know, the industry's on its arse. 
And people like Hulk Hogan being at the top and being shoved down throats is a key reason for all of that. And so a new age is beginning to dawn. And we have, you know, characters coming through like Benoit, like Malenko, like Guerrero that are starting to flare up. But ultimately, it's got to kind of just find that new rhythm. And once yeah. the once everything settles into a gear within the year, it's all right. We've still got a way to go yet, though. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of shit to go through first. Two more weeks until Halloween <laughs> Havoc. We'll, we'll do a watch-along of that one for your eyes as well. Until we are next together, he is at Less Defined on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Gold Dollar on Twitter. We're out of time. Let's hold you piece of shit. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.